Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yo, yo, yo. Thanks very much to the fantastic audience that came out to Collins in Cork last week. What a great preview. Um, and uh, yeah, genuinely, thanks everyone who came out. We had great fun and uh, looking forward to returning soon with the full show. I am back in Cork tonight at Coco's Comedy Club. That's tonight, Wednesday, the 26th of June. Um, you get down to Coco's Comedy Club for a good lol. I'm going to be uh, trying some new material out there tonight. And this coming Friday, the 28th of June, I'm going to be down at the Wonky Donkey Comedy Club as well. Tickets are available on the website there. Delighted also to be returning back to the Vodafone Comedy Festival at the Ivy Gardens this coming July. Uh, I'm on a couple of great lineups, but I'm going to have great fun with one of the lineups, Alison Spittle, David O'Doherty, and all that stuff. So, uh, always fucking, it's great fun at the Ivy Gardens. So, uh, tickets are available on VodafoneComedy.com. Um, and if you actually go into the list of the comedians, you'll find my face there somewhere, and you can click on that face. That is mine. It'll tell you all the shows that I'm going to be doing that weekend. Uh, keep up to date on all my shows that are upcoming on social media. There's a little bit of a tour coming up in Ireland. Um, and I'm also going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, so my Instagram is at HelloStevo. Click on that and I will be keeping you up to date um, on all the upcoming tour bits and pieces and show. Uh, and also, yeah, feel free to drop me a message as well um, as you... Ha- all have been doing and uh, I try my best to get back to you and keep you posted on how tickets are getting uh, out to all the different shows but I am going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in the Gilded Balloon at the Tivio Theatre I think sorry but anyway uh, I'll be posting more details about that soon but I'm going to be in Edinburgh from July the 31st to August the 4th Um, yeah on the podcast today I had great fun hanging out with this guy who I'm genuinely, I'm a big fan of him as a comedian. I, I, as I say in the podcast to him, I'm jealous of him. I'm jealous of what he does. I've watched him perform a few times. And the madness and the wildness that he does is always something that has me in stitches laughing. And it's you're never going to be ex- able to explain here on the podcast what this guy does because what he does doesn't you can't really put that stuff into words and he's done i've seen him do stuff from feeding ham to audiences to playing matchmaker uh with with audience members and setting them up into couples and um he's always seems to be on stage without his shoes and socks on and um it's you, you you won't even know if you're in the audience what his show is about but he's gonna make you laugh 
John Spillane is an up-and-coming comedian uh, in Ireland. You're going to see him gigging around Ireland, the UK, and in Australia. And uh, I highly recommend, if you're going to get in on John's vibes, actually, follow him on Instagram. His Instagram name is at Mr. Hennessy Comedy. Um, his name's John Spillane. I don't know who Mr. H- I think Mr. Hennessy is one of his characters. But if you follow him on Instagram, at Mr. Hennessy Comedy, Hennessy is spelt like the brandy, um, You'll get a little bit of a vibe of what he's like. Uh, this is this was a great hangout, just conversation and a bit of chat about about the work and about uh, how he gets to his weird and wonderful comedy and um, little weird things uh, about the unique character that he is. Like he didn't speak till the age of five for whatever reason. He's got some mad stories about when he was a kid. Um, but it was genuinely a pleasure to get a little glimpse in, into the wonderful mind of the unique John Spillane. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so excited to be here in the presence of the legend uh, of of John Spillane himself, who has written such classics as uh, Check Out the Dunstore's Girl and... Mm. um, do you get that a lot, do you? It's so much. Do you? Is it annoying? Yeah. I used to get a heck of... I don't use my own name on stage anymore oh, usually. Is that why? It, it, well, it, partly, yeah. Hey, check out the but, dumb stores, girl. No, I would get like... People would like like heckle song titles like for me to do it. From John's plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you've probably never even listened to one of his songs. No, no. And then people would think it was funny. They would tag him in... Like if they were doing a lineup for a show, they tag that John Spillane in it. As in on social on, media? Yeah, on social media, and then eventually he started getting annoyed. Like that, he'd be like, "Don't do that, or stop it." Oh, to you or to, to well, just you to whoever was doing it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it at Have all. Have you ever he had a conversation? <laughs> I've met him a few times as well. Yeah, right. he doesn't. He doesn't like the. He doesn't like it at all. Right. No. Well, so what did you talk about? Uh, isn't it mad that we have the same name? That and also, <laughs> isn't that mad? and what did he say and he was like oh yeah i guess it's fucking annoying to be honest he's a proper cork accent he does yeah yeah yeah. he's fucking annoying to be honest with you Mm. he'd have that temper on him he's fucking annoying (laughs) fucking so that's why you called mr hennessy on Nah, a couple of reasons but i was just like yeah that was one small i was just like i'm just annoyed of this yeah and it's also like it's so it's because he's not he's not a very it's not he's crazy famous. But if yeah. somebody knows who John Spillane no, is, <laughs> they're annoying about it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You mean like the legendary cocksucker? Like, no, yeah. shut up! I, I already don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I already you've said one sentence, and I never want to speak to you again because because we have listeners in Hong Kong. Believe it yeah. or not, John, we're gonna have to explain who John Spillane is. So I'm here, obviously, John Spillane comedian. But there I love is you're a plugging John. a different John Spillane. I'm not plugging him. I'm not plugging him. I'm just explaining. This week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by John Spillane, Dunstores Girl. We will not buy it, download it, iTunes, SoundCloud. We better not fucking tag him. <laughs> That's for fucking sure. So there is a, a singer songwriter in Ireland who kind of just does the Irish folk circuit. I, I, yeah. I assume. Um, uh, and he's from Cork, but if you're not from Ireland, people from Cork, being from Cork myself, people from Cork like to go on about being from Cork, mm. and then, so they'll think it's hilarious to go to comedian John's plan here, oh, that's like the famous Cork, he's not, well, <laughs> it's just not, he's not, it's not everything they make him out to be, let's put it mm. that way. There was, my, f- I went, I would play, Col- you were in Collins recently. Huh? I'd, Collins. Oh, Collins, yeah, yeah. 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 
and they've got posters of all like the musicians who've played the place in yeah, the Yeah, but past. that's a really folk club as well, isn't mm, it? Yeah. And John Spillane's back there. Yeah. And somebody took one of my stickers and put it over no. John's. Not me, but someone else oh put my. it on John Spillane. I was like, okay, this is a nice, that's, did, a, did. that's a real deep cut. <laughs> what sticker have you got? I used to have stickers. I ran out of them. And I, it was a good idea, I think. And then I would just have stickers with my social media on it. Right. And then yeah. at the end of the gig, I would just be hanging around like, hey, do you want one of those? You know, and stickers. Because I did badges, but it didn't happen. Well, I actually did. Because I, I, did you see the Son of a Preacher Man badges? It's no. very cheeky. It was, um, I got the, <laughs> got the Made in China. Because it, it was a proper <laughs> nice pin. You know one of the nice pins that looks nice on a denim mm. jacket and all that? So it's like me in the pose, like looking up, uh, taking God's inspiration, mm. whatever like that. But it came with a card that on it, on the top of the card, it said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> at Hello Steve at the bottom. <laughs> Very good. That's um, so, two good messages. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So there is people, you, I do get it from time to time, like lads turning up at gigs wearing their pin. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a bit of crack, but stickers is a good idea as well. I do. I like. I. I. I'm someone as I see them around. I'm like, I forgot. Yeah, and I should really just. I just didn't order another batch of them. So what was the sticker of? What was the image? Okay, so the image was. It said my social media, and then the image was. It was like from my first Edinburgh show, and it was a Photoshop image of my head. This is so disturbing on every level. It's oh, my head I think, yeah. with a top hat yes. on the body of a baby I've wearing a dicky bow. Yeah. Um, and everyone hates it. Do they? Yeah, they think it's gross. It's very unsettling. Is it? It's very unsettling. My head is unsettling on normal man body. Well, I was going to say why I was thinking uh, on the way over here. Can you explain? Because we've tried to get into this in conversation a few mm. times. As and I just dipped and dodged and, you and went and into dodged, bits. And it's like, why? So what is it that's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you've explained to me on, 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 on previous occasions like that in childhood, for example, like, for example, let's start off with because people are going to go, people are going to go, well, that's fucking insulting. Anyway, Stephen yeah. talking about that. I am a huge. I'm going to be so, I'm going to be so normal for this whole podcast <laughs> and make you sound like such a prick. I'm John- not going to say anything weird. I'm going to be a perfect gentleman. <laughs> I'm going to not talk about Digimon. I'm going to be so... Digimon? What yeah. the fuck is that? I don't anyway, know. That's just one of my weird kooks, baby. You see, you're, you're, he's already ducking and diving. The premise, <laughs> no, the, premise of me, the premise of me giving John shit here is, as he fucking knows, I'm a big fan of John uh, as, oh as a God. comedian, right? Oh, my God. Oh, bloody, what are you bloody doing? <laughs> what are you bloody doing here? He's turning into one of his fucking characters now no, on the no. microphone. So I'm a big fan of John's comedy, but it's, I mean, it's impossible to explain on a podcast. We'll never be explaining your comedy on a podcast but um as you did mention before when you were younger you had some like you had some weird phases when you were a kid yeah and the, yeah. they continue to stretch into <laughs> adolescence and right now and i was gonna say no i was yeah i was i was yeah i was a disaster but you said you but in how were you a disaster well i like i was i was wasn't i didn't utter no i was non-verbal until i was like five that's or right that's right yeah that. so i didn't speak or make much noise or I was just kind of like a silent, like a weird, like puppet child. You, so then, you didn't even, even like Goo Goo Gagas or any of that kind of crack? I think like a little bit. Like my mother was like, I don't remember you crying as a baby. 
Uh, but that, your mother could be mad as well, John. Do you mean you don't know? Yeah, she is, probably, yeah. <laughs> Look. Uh, but then uh, if my mother's listening to this, I'm glad Sorry. you know how podcasts work. Sorry, well, I'm glad you've learned that skill. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I'm a, like, I, I told her, if I give you, you've got a year to find this podcast, <laughs> I'll give you a thousand euros. A fair play to She'll play me Joe Rogan and Bobby Lee and be like, <laughs> I didn't know you had such a weird accent. <laughs> You're really into DMT these days, John. What is DMT? DMT. Uh, it's like uh, like it's a hallucinogenic that you smoke and then you go into like a fifty minute intense trip where you go through dimensions and then you return. It's like a, like a mega crazy version of an acid trip, but it only lasts fifteen minutes. I don't know from personal experience. Oh yeah, right. Is that why? You, so you're doing DMT before five, and that's why you didn't talk. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you uh, did. So you and, and then was school. So I wasn't able to talk. Yeah. So I went to school like a year late. Ah, uh, and like I wasn't talking when I started school. So th- there's, and to this day, there's no answers to that as to what was going on. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm sure we could find it out. And every so often, like, ah, oh, I should probably go talk to a person. And then no, I went to then. No, I don't mean therapy, but I mean there's, there's obviously a different level of functioning there. Which, yeah, which is fine. You know? uh, yeah, I went into speech and language therapy, and then they that eventually helped. But uh. then they. Uh, all the all the tapes were from over from America because it was new in Ireland. It was like the early nineties, right? Uh, uh, not to age myself, but uh, <laughs> and then uh, the tapes were in American, like American pre people talking, and so then I so had a strong tapes. American accent then <laughs> as a child, like a hey y'all, what, whatever. <laughs> And in then, like, it was just, in Limerick. In Limerick. Just, just it went well in Limerick City. In Limerick walking City. Walking around trying to make friends. Hello there, chum. <laughs> it's old Johnny Spills. And then, oh, no, uh, loneliness now for a decade. Really? So was it, was it tough to make friends in school? No, I was kind of, I was kind of lucky, I think. My, like, I would get invited to every birthday party and then just find a corner and play with grass. Or, like, <laughs> I wasn't interacting with anybody and there was no reason. It was just, here's a present and now you're not going to speak to me for the whole part. My, my parents describe it often as, like, I was kind of, I had, like, a nice class in primary school. There was no bullies or no, you know, like, everybody was kind of friendly and there was a good spirit or ethos to uh-huh, the class. Uh-huh. And so they kind of just adopted me as their little mascot. <laughs> like, I wasn't, I had no relationships with these people, but they were like, come on, John, okay. here you go. And then I'd be like, Because you've, you've, you've a few siblings as well. So are you, yeah. the, are you the youngest? No, you're the middle. I'm the middle child. Yeah. Right. I've got an older brother, then an older sister, then me, then a younger sister, then a younger brother. Right. And so how did that all work out in the, in the, in the society of the home as well? How did that all work out, John, being the little... Um, they lo- they just thought it was so funny. Okay. <laughs> they thought it was so- any time I go home, anytime I bring friends home or like and introduce them to the family, just all conversation stops and says, "Here's an hour of how insane John is," <laughs> and then I'm just there like, "Oh, well, I wonder why I have low self esteem. <laughs> wonder why I'm constantly trying to fill a hole in my soul, Mom." Uh, <laughs> but talk about the time I got lost in Dunn stores again. Oh, Jesus. Really, I, yeah, I would again. just. I, they, they describe I was like a runner. Like I would just any chance I got, I would like <laughs> run away and just like just go on my own adventures. But that's it. Like, like, getting lost as a kid is fucking traumatizing. I remember getting lost once and fucking screaming in a super value in Cork City. Oh, I loved it. And really, so you would just I go running around being on your own. Lost. Yeah, I loved being. I didn't Fuck. want. Yeah, I would just go. I was once. They looked all over 
the all over the around for me like i'd gone out of the house gotten away and they were like trying to see maybe i could have been hit by a car like out on the road and i'd gone out i'd gone <laughs> around i'd walked down like a main road where there wasn't a footpath like where Jesus. cars could hit me went around the corner to my neighbors but like a distance away neighbor's house their door was open i went in started watching tv this was early in the morning. It's like half eight in the morning. They came downstairs, <laughs> locked up the house, went about their day. I spent the whole day just watching TV oh in their God. house while my mother was frantic looking for me. Everybody's on high alert. Those neighbors went to help. Didn't even go home. You know, they're like, oh we're my like, God. John, all the this time is a disaster. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, look, we have to go home. You know, we have to now get our kind of, you know, they look for three hours. like, all right, that kid's dead. <laughs> That's dead and probably better for this plans. They'll get over it. They've got four more. <laughs> and then they went, home and just found me just in their house watching tv jesus christ mm. and not worried or scared or hungry or yeah i was gonna say about hungry yeah nothing no 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 so what time of day was that when they found you uh like after school like right. i like i was macing for about like six hours i'd say oh. six how seven, old are you then ah uh, like five like that kind of vague Jesus, and so you just love. Do you do you remember what was going through your head at the time? What it was that you? Well, this is. I someone was talking to me in, about it recently. I, I was I was reading some article or listening to someone talk about how your memories are so associated with speech, and so your first memories are around when you first started to speak. I'm like that makes sense because I don't remember earlier than five years older, like that kind of. Oh wow! So like most people have memories that like I remember like three years less than most people remember like. Wow. Yeah. Genie Mac. So I don't really, I don't remember any of these stories. They could, this could be a big elaborate joke <laughs> on your hero and mine, Johnny Spills, as they like, <laughs> just decide, let's just make up a load of, Have maybe ever, I was just traumatized and they did evil stuff to me and this and, is what they replaced it with. So, and so how were you doing work-wise in school and all that? Was that a write-off or like getting, getting yeah, the school work done? Yeah, I couldn't write, like I got bad, I got a thing called dyspraxia, ah. uh, which is my hands are really bad. So, like, I would, I couldn't, Joy, like, when you write, it's, you get two small fingers and you, 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 you know, like, I would take all, my four fingers and my thumb are all used to hold it. I'm doing it like a crab claw. Right. I would, like, crab claw right. Do you still do that now? Yeah. Wow. And so, that, that, so it was it? so slow at writing and, like, so then in school I didn't do great, but didn't do, I kind of worked okay. And then, like, they discovered this. They were, like... English teacher said, yeah, you should get John tested for stuff. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay. And then they were like... Why? <laughs> they like, were like, oh, you have all the problems. Yeah. And then they let me do my leaving cert on a, on a laptop with a microphone and speak it. Oh, my God. And right. then I got like 120 more points from my priest to my leave. Like, I just was like, oh, I'm actually a good student. And it was just handwriting. Okay, right. So that Yeah. So I always crazy. thought I was like average or below average intelligence. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I was actually a good student and set my bar very low. Right. Okay. And so did you go on to university and all that crack? Yeah. Well, what did yeah. you, you I did, did business, business and, and yeah. I hated every second of it. Yeah. Every sec, every single second of it. What I fucking hated. planet makes you go into business now? I was convinced by my. F- he he put it very well that I didn't know what I. Well, I did know what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to. I just didn't want to do any kind of a job. <laughs> and then he was like, "I was just I, I, I in my head I was thought like maybe I'm lost or maybe I'm. This is in the period of time where I wanted to be a professional wrestler for a while. Right. Like I was just like I knew I didn't want to 
I was like, I want to do something weird and creative. Yeah. Uh, and my, you know, but you had to go to college. So then. When you, because when you, you said just there that you knew what you wanted when you were leaving secondary school. But did you, did you have a specific? Yeah, I, I, speci- I specifically wanted to be a professional wrestler. So that was is my, what it was. was what I right. wanted to do. Okay. And then. I uh, so I used to be a lot bigger than I was quite I did weight training and I was like took this seriously like and I full on hadn't planned none of my family knows I planned not to go to college right and even though I'm not going to college I'm going to go wrestling school and then where's wrestling school wrestling school I would probably go somewhere in England I was looking at some in Japan I was really I want this was my this was the path I was going to be a professional wrestler I was going to be in the WWE this was going to be so where where was this passion coming from just watching wrestling at home I watched it at home yeah I didn't even like watch it all like I watched a little bit of it when I was young just because everybody did and then I fell out of it when everybody did and then I had friends who started watching it at like junior cert and I was like guys what are you doing and then they just got me into it and then I did start to become a thing and then I was obsessed with it and so I went to, I kind of ironically appropriate, I went to Mick Foley, the wrestler, I was doing a comedy show. Right. In Dolan's in Limerick. And I was like, great. And I went to it and he did a Q&A afterwards. And I went so to he's him. a comedy wrestler, did you say? No. He was, he was very famous. He was Mankind. He did Mankind. Man, he was like a very famous wrestler with like the rock and stone. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Curly hair, yeah, beard, yeah, yeah, yeah. fat guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards I told him like, hey, I want to be a professional wrestler. What's your advice? And then he looked at me and point blank said, don't do it. <laughs> like, just so earnest. Like, And I was like, oh, it's my dream. It's blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, kind of just went, like, so he's so sick of this question and also really seemed, his body's destroyed from it as well. Right. So I think he was like genuine. He just doesn't want people to do it. Yeah. And he's like, all right, look, you've promised me you go to college. So you could go to college. If you do four years in college, he you said get a degree. Year. Yeah. He promised wow. to go to college. And then that's my only advice to you. Do not do wrestling unless you've got a college degree. Right. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Now I've made a promise to Mick Foley. <laughs> Jesus, he's really backed me into a corner with this one. That's uh, amazing. So this is worldwide international yeah. fucking well-known wrestler. Ends up in small town Limerick. Limerick, yeah. Well, I don't know why he was in Limerick. What the fuck? In the warehouse. Fuck? So he's supposed to be money. But and in some way he changed your life, the course of your completely, life? Completely. Completely changed the course of my life. Because then... I said, I have to go to college. And then dad was like, business is a generic. He, 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 the way he phrases, if you don't know what you're doing, you can do business and then do a postgraduate in almost anything. Yeah. You know? Which so, is not a bad... Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's a good call. Yeah. And by in four years time, I'll know what I want to do. AKA I'll be on WWE TV. <laughs> uh, choke slamming the big show. Yeah. He's too tall for me to choke slam. That's a bad example. <laughs> uh, so then I started and co- hated business. First day of business, I told my dad... Uh, I want to switch courses straight away. This is a nightmare. And he said, no, no, everybody feels like that the first week. Keep going. I give my dad a bad doing. He's a wonderful man. Uh, <laughs> then uh, just hate, hated every single second. Never a memory where I wasn't painfully miserable in it. Um, but then there was a comedy society in the university. Wow. And I thought. This Limerick? In Limerick, in right. UL. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. The Rock and Stone Cold and Chris Jericho, all these guys are funny and they're like confident at talking to microphones. They hold a microphone, they talk to an audience, they're comfortable in front of crowds. If I do this for a couple of years now in college, I have a huge leg up on everybody else when I go to an old wrestling school in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my whole motivation. Well, it's not bad way of thinking of it at all. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this and then uh, the Japanese wrestling audience will think I'm a superstar. 
Um, and then I started doing it. And I was like, oh, this kind of feels like the feeling I thought I'd get from wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, am getting beat up by giant men and destroying my body. Uh, so maybe I should just do this instead. Wow. And then in college, all I was kind of focused on was on like doing comedy design. and then like just pa- just getting by. And co- I was just good enough at school that I just was able to get my degree without really caring about it much or doing Fair much play. work. Good man. But that wasn't a bad way of thinking about it to get into professional because I, I happened to... I would I'd say no was a bit harsh, but I, had, I did a little bit of work with the girl who's now Becky Quinn. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, like she was just she went to uni around the college from around the corner here from, oh, where, really? from where you're living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the number one star now. Yeah, yeah, she's big in in the. Yeah, and she main event of WrestleMania this year. I she did some personal training with me basically mm-hmm. uh, seven years ago in a little shed in the north side of Dublin, and oh, wow. uh, I was so such a wimp. I was like she was lifting me for chin ups and all this stuff, and. Um, uh, yeah, and I can't remember because do, do you know who her first? Uh, you I, I know you don't know, but do you know who her first wrestling match was against? No. Her first ever match was against uh, comedian Adam Burke. He wrestles. He he used to wrestle. Yeah, he used to wrestle for years. He started out with like lots of the people who are famous now, and, and her first match was against him and Bray. Wow, I had no yeah. idea that this worked because I'm only finding out about this work because I know that some some of the comics do like mm-hmm. they MC these nights, and I know um, uh, what is this. The guy, there's a designer that I work with sometimes. Mm. He does wrestling in his spare time and all that. So there's a whole world of it actually happening in Ireland. Yeah, yeah it's big. There's lots of big stars are from Ireland. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a little weird hub. That's mental. So do, you, go, yeah. so do you still see yourself? Yeah, but she, she was, sorry, she, it, that way you were thinking of mm. doing the comedy and then go train in Japan. Like, I mean, she hasn't done something dissimilar to that. She was mm. an air hostess with Erlingus for years. Mm. She, did, uh, she did, she went to clown school. She did that as well, yeah. yeah. She did acting in DIT. She mm. did, uh, and then she was a fitness instructor as well. Like, she's one of these people that I met when, like, you're making me sick. The amount of things you've done, and she's only 25 <laughs> or something like that. Journey, she's uh, yeah, in Tampa. Fair play to her. Um, I think she's back in, she was back in Ireland there recently, but yeah, but she did all the acting classes because mm. she knew she wanted to do the wrestling. Mm. It's crazy. So, do you still think you might do it, or is it no. gone? All gone. Um. I would, I would definitely a bucket list. The top of bucket list is one time in my life do a wrestling match. Yeah, but like I would just like to come out and just be really mean to. I did, I did half do it. In when I was in living in Chicago, there was these two comedians uh, who were both had uh, some MMA background, but weren't doing it at all. They were like just drinking out of you know had gotten out of shape just enjoying comedy uh-huh. but they started getting at each other to see like oh i'd beat you in a fight no i'd beat you in a fight and they said all right we're going to train for six months and we're going to do a ufc fight with all the comedians watching and we're going to have a referee it's going to be proper we're going to do it one of the comedians quit drinking quit smoking started exercising full-time and turned into an animal oh my god the other comedian <laughs> Did cocaine the night before. <laughs> like, could not have been different levels right. of training and going. But they did this in the back garden of our apartment, and it was like and a it was full on, house. A full on fight. Full on, like, there was mats, gear, referees, medic there. We surrounded our garden with comedians and punters and stuff. We needed, like, an opening thing. We were going to do, should there be another fight, an undercard? And instead, what we did was I came out dressed in, like, a business suit. <laughs> And with my hair slicked back like a bad guy, and I started just saying, "I'm just this, this is my apartment, and I'm turning down, I'm shutting down this show, this show." And uh, 
I'm shutting down this show and I started insulting the comedians in the audience. This was, I shouldn't have done this. Like I was like <laughs> too specific and mean about specific comedians <laughs> and what I thought was bad about them. <laughs> but then my friend Natalie, who's a fantastic film, uh, Natalie Carneal, uh, she's living in LA at the moment. She's amazing. And she's a brilliant physical comedian. She's so strong. But she doesn't look, she just looks like a beautiful blonde hair girl, but she's like a beast and so athletic. And we plan out this whole wrestling thing. So she just came out and just destroyed me. So she's saying, with clothesline, and the stunner and F5s and throwing me around. So you used to rehearse all this? We rehearsed it. We planned it. I just did all... I just sold all the moves for her. I made her look like she was John Cena. Uh, but that was like... That was like... Oh, that was the wrestling itch. Like, Genius, scratched it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I would like to do it properly in front of an audience once. But only once. So is that the kind of... St- like, obviously, you Because you were in Chicago doing improv and doing... St- did you start doing stand-up over there? Or? I started well, doing stand-up doing here in college. Yeah. And then I went from college to Chicago. Right. And then so I what was the plan moving in moving to Chicago? I just want to get really good. Right. I just want to get a really... I, I looked it up. I could do a J1 and then a graduate visa. Because I, I did a J1 at the end of my year. And then right. I did a graduate visa straight after. So I was like, I can so do, like, gives you I a can year do about like a year and a half in right. America. And I looked up which towns had the most open mics... Um, and it was like LA, New York, and Chicago. And then I looked up public transport because I was going to be able to drive. And I was just, I would just pick random mics and see how close they were to each other, see if I could do more than one a night. And Chicago, they were all so close to each other. All like lots of them were walking distance. Lots yeah. of them were just a quick little train ride. I'm like, I could do like four or five open mics here a night. And so then I just picked Chicago. Right. I mean, and you never thought of going to New York or because like, like, New York tends to be the one that people have in their heads. But yeah, I looked, to, I, I looked at it and it was just further just transport. Right. That was just it. I was just like, just the amount of times I could go up was quick. And what were you doing? Go. So what were you doing with your days then for day work? Um, I worked in uh, like a place called Jersey Mike's. That's oh, like, Jersey it's Mike's. It's like Subway, except like a little bit more high end. Oh. So instead of like a six inch, it's an eight inch. And then oh. 12 inches, a 15 inch. Hold your phone. But it's That's like, it's like freshly made. Every, right. like, it's not, it's like, it's like a, it was like in the CB, in like the central business area of it. So like it was like crazy busy from like CBD is what you're gonna say there. I was it? gonna say CBD, but well it's in, that's Australia. But it's central business is you know. Yeah, but this is like this is down in the loop in Chicago. Is isn't CBD the it. same name as the oil as well now? Yeah, is the what? There's CBD oil as well, isn't there? Oh yeah, that's like the the hemp. Yeah, yeah, the opposite of a CBD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the there's of a no, there's no, no Venn diagram <laughs> of CBD oil and CBD <laughs> business people. Yeah, yeah. No. One of those people are probably good. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you end up in Jersey Mike's. Yeah, so by I would day, just go. So I'd work open there for by the night, morning, boom. and then boom, I w- it would get me out early as well. It would get me out by like three o'clock, so then I could hit loads of mics then in the night. Right, I just did that. And so what we do? So you start developing what it is that you do in college. Is it stand up? You telling jokes? Stand up, yes. Because it's not because like just for everybody who may not know John Spillane, the comedian, that is not what John Spillane, the no. comedian, does now. He does not stand there. Uh, I was and trying tell jokes. to be Louis C.K. Really? That's what I was trying to do. I was yeah. going to be like confessional, personal, um, uh, philosophical stand up comedy, and I wasn't very good at it. And I did that for about like four years. Four years. Yeah, I did fine, like, but then I would, like, riff a lot in my sets. Yeah. And then that would be funnier. Right. And more just goofy and weird. Yeah. And I would do stuff, like, I was even looking through my face, like, just through my pictures earlier for, like, uh, I just had to just find a picture of me. And, like, I would, like, one time I just started doing comedy with a cape. Or, like, a big, giant cape. But then I would just do, like, normal stand-up about And not mention the cape. And not mention the cape. (laughs) How did that go down? 
people liked yeah. they were like yeah but they didn't That's think cool. the, the stand up wasn't good but it was right. funny that I was wearing a cape right yeah yeah, yeah. it just took me way too long to realise apparently that. Mark Doherty Mark Doherty did that for years apparently I have to ask who's him who's Mark Doherty Mark Doherty is David O'Doherty's older brother yes and I've heard fantastic things about him yeah apparently he was he was the best like I've mm. heard from like like Tommy Tiernan said in mm. interviews that I won so you think you're funny that year and Jason Byrne came second or whatever it was the other around mm. Jason came first and Tommy came second but every, Tommy won, yeah. ev- everybody thought that if Mark had gone over and done it, he would won it because yeah. he was considered the greatest at the time. And I've asked Mark, because I've gone mm. for a pints with Mark and tried to kind of figure out what it is that he did. I was like, I just told jokes. I, just, I used to do mm. this. <laughs> but then other people tell me, yeah, he, he brought a pig under his arm one day and never mentioned it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so he would do stuff like that as well. So, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so that's... So it but just took me. That, eight. Oh, sorry. That's, but no, but that's very interesting. The way that you and like the way you've analytically gone and uh, you have carved out, you have planned what you've done, really. Yeah. On a lot of levels, you've very analy- You've chosen the city that you're going to go to because it's going to work in a certain format. And then even when, so when you come to start doing stand up, have you analysed the different genres and kind of go? Yeah, I, I think I'm going to fit within this. Well. I just tried hard to put a, like a square peg into a round hole for a while. Yeah. I'm just like, well, this is but the kind of comedy go- people like and respect, and this is the comedy I like the okay. most. Um, and I did it, and then I had I, 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 I got a certain level of success and certain level of ability in Chicago, and then I just couldn't get better. And then like okay. all my friends and everyone was just getting way better than me. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I'm. Definitely worse than all my close group of friends. And your close group of friends are all comics. And all comics. And I'm like, they're all better and they're all doing more interesting stuff and it seems easier for them. And then I would just go up and try and do jokes. But then the second I could improvise or the second I could riff or do something weird, then that's what I could do really well. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was fun. Or I could do, got a reaction. Mm. And then I would go back to being terrible and doing jokes and things that i hated and i didn't think were funny but they got a certain tepid laughter and they seemed like the kind of things other people were doing and then and what kind of stuff were other people that you're saying people doing really different stuff and, and no they were better. just doing like they're just doing stand-up or yeah so like michael rice was over there who we both know who's fantastic who's my favorite comedian in the country he's in this apartment somewhere so that's the reason you're that. saying that you heard that mike yeah you, have, you heard give you a bloody shout out on the cast big mike hello steve-o podcast you fuck anyway yeah <laughs> you fucking you scum anyway. there's something like i I, I've, I mean i've said it to the three of you on separate occasions mm. many times a total jealousy of that gang that you guys had when you started Riff Raff, for example, that I've missed out on a generation. Oh, yeah. but, but like, but it's good, like three, but it was Ushin at the time and yourself mm. and Michael, all comics that I love. Mm. Um, and there's an energy about it and it's like complete commitment, complete like, this is what you guys are doing kind of a thing. And um, yeah, regardless maybe. of anything else that's going on, you know, it's great. I don't, I can't speak to that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or I've observed, my, I haven't looked at myself in that way, but that sounds not, I don't know. I hate talking. Uh, <laughs> I hate talking and feelings. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's, like it was just like a genuine energy of like, fucking hell, these lads are mm. loving what they do and they're mm. doing it because that's what they, they, they love doing. And they're all, because you're all very different to each other. I quit. Well. How long ago? Like two years ago. I was in Chicago and I wasn't enjoying it. Is this as part of the of the time that... Yeah, so I was over there and it's coming to me having to come back. 
And I'm just like, I just... Is that the, this at the end of uni? Because you, did you say you were over there for four years? I was over there for like a year and a half. Just a year and a half. So yeah, towards the end of that, you were thinking about giving up? Thinking of, I was like half thinking. I was thinking, I was thinking like, this might be the beginning of me quitting in like a year from now, you know? Mm. I just felt like the wheels were coming off a little bit. I went to do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, with my with the guys I started out with, Donica Tiernan and Stephen Ryan, and then a friend of Donica, Andy Ritchie. Oh, you were Stephen Ryan? No way. Yeah, me and, Steve, me and Stephen started out together in no UL. No way. Yeah, UL was... I gigged with him in UL there, and we opened for Des, for Des Bishop mm. there a while back. Yeah, so there Stephen's abs like one of my best mates. Right, okay, out no like, idea. Was, no, yeah, right. so I was very lucky right. that the comedians were very good there. So I And they started a little bit, so like Stephen was maybe doing it like six months or a year before I came in. Right, okay. And Donica was doing it about six months or a year. And a guy called Adam Lahey was doing it six months or a year. Tim Foran. Okay. They were all really good and really wanted to be professional comedians. Yeah. Um, uh, And really creative and smart people. So then it was like exciting to be around them. And then if I did comedy, I was kind of their mates. Yeah. So then I came back and did the Fringe with them. Did like a split show doing my normal stand-up thing and it was just again like okay this is fine but any t- chance i could do to just drop my material and riff i would get like a note i got my friend Lindsay said it to me once that like she's like oh when you are riffing or improvising you're not the same person who's doing the material it doesn't make sense so you can't do both of them because the guy the point of view and the attitude is just different people so it doesn't make sense uh-huh so then I saw this guy in Edinburgh. I was like a weekend already. I was kind of like, oh, this isn't. I saw this guy called Zach Zucker do his solo show. And it was just bananas nonsense. <laughs> it was just like, he was like a clown, a physical mime and music and weird stuff with the audience. And like getting people on stage. And I, I just thought, oh, it sounded so exciting. And then I went into this bar called Cabaret Voltaire. And I just said to myself, all right, if I could do anything, I just had to stop thinking about like I was just trying to pretend to be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. Okay, if I could just do something on stage and make myself laugh, what would I do? And like before then, I hadn't written a new joke in like six months. I just came up with like fifteen things. Like, oh, that would be funny. That would be good. That would be good. And then the rest of Edinburgh, I just spent riffing. I just spent like doing weird stuff, weird stuff with sound, riffing, weird games with the audience. Like none of it was like all my. I threw all my stand-up out. Wow. And did that. I was only doing 15 minutes sets, so it wasn't huge pressure. And yeah. it was a lovely room. Uh, and there was a pressure that there was really good comedians also on the show. So then uh, it wouldn't ruin people's night <laughs> if I was terrible <laughs> for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then some of it worked, some of it didn't. I was like, oh, I'm just going to try and do this kind of stuff now. Wow. So that was so how long ago was that? About two years ago. Right, and you've been doing that ever since. Yeah, I've been doing that kind of stuff since. So if it, it gives people, again, who haven't seen John, a picture of it, like last time John and I gigged together, John was introduced, not as his name, you were introduced as Dr. Uh, Dr. Valentine, is it? Captain, yeah, Captain Cap, sorry. Valentine. Captain, yeah. Captain He's Valentine. a captain, have some respect. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, doctor. So John is at the back of the room, right? The MC is on stage. They say, please, we're going to have something a little bit different now. Please. I just, I hate every second of this, by the way. Just of what? No, no. Of what I'm doing now. Just hearing someone describe. Do you want to block, you can block, you can no, block no, no, ears. No, 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 go ahead, go ears, ahead. Sorry, sorry. I and just, it's just uh, so that they know just, what we're talking my about. My chest was exploding, yeah. And uh, with pride. And no. um, uh, uh, he gets in shoes. We're going to do something a bit different now. And John, or D- Captain Valentine, is down the back of the room. He walks through the audience, <laughs> throwing condoms at them, packets mm. of condoms. 
and you're dressed with a lovely like a sailor's cap some sunglasses open shirt very revealing lovely chest yeah your chest was bursting that night mm. <laughs> and shorts no shoes or socks on no. and you proceed to do whatever the fuck happens you you that particular night you ended up basically matchmaking a couple up yeah they shifted I they think. did they kissed they yeah. kissed yeah. they kissed yeah. they kissed and this is all in about, in about 10 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, uh, and so like that's kind of stuff fast i've seen you walk on stage um, as another character and feed audience members ham um, I've seen I think that's the only two times I've seen you uh, and uh, well I've seen you MC quite a bit as well yeah. you see and uh, but and then you come on MC though I just, do, I just don't I just don't do any I just do crowd work like yeah it's very it's, it's not really yeah yeah, but, but, but which you're amazing at, and you come off stage oh. and, you, and you go, I just don't really ask the questions that you're supposed to be asking as an MC, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, but I get like people come up to me and be like, hey, well, where's everyone from? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know what their feelings are on the actor Christopher Plummer. That, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I know a deep understanding. I can tell you, who, but I don't know. Yeah, and 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 that doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing either. Do you mean that maybe the the comedian can go up themselves and find that out? You know, if that's what they necessarily need to know. But um, yeah, you don't have to do that because what you're doing is because it's funny. That's the that's the point, isn't it? To get the room warm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, to make him laugh. I don't, don't be, don't put yourself down again. John, no, I'm saying the M scene is fucking hilarious. But so, so how would you? Oh, that's such I'm a shit question. So much. Are you? Yeah, so it's just, much. I need to wee. I might pause in a minute because oh. <laughs> I've I've been hydrating like a mofo all day. But uh, so now you go to Edinburgh two years later from that time we've decided to change up what it is that you do yeah what is it that you do this year coming up are you doing an hour i'm doing i'm doing a 45 minutes because it's that annoying thing of uh i don't want to be nominated i don't want to be eligible for awards because i yeah. don't think i'm good enough yet so yeah. i'm gonna wait until i'm 40 and then i'm gonna do an hour which is show. fair enough you know one of those uh, annoying things uh, those compounds. everybody does that yeah uh so i'm doing a uh, 45 minute show which again to explain to audience members there's loads of awards that you can win at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and um, I suppose those awards can make yeah. you start your career, make your yeah, career. Yeah, there's a specific one: best newcomer. Best that, newcomer. Like everybody want like dream. If you go to Edinburgh, you dream of like winning. Like it's oh, just, really? it's, okay. it's like a, like a rocket. Yeah. But it's for your first hour. It's the first show. time that you've done an hour, and you have yeah. to do it for the month. Basically, you do it for the month. Yeah. If you do more than fifty minutes, like fifty minutes, if you do more than that, you're eligible. Yeah. And so lots of comedians do 45-minute shows yeah. for a couple of years yeah. and get that show really good and yeah. then make it an hour to, you know, instead yeah. of just going over and just doing the hour straight away. Yeah, which is fair. It's politics, man. Like, I, I know it's bullshit because I'm, I'm only going to, because I have an hour, but I'm going to do a week and mm. that's the same thing. But like, I, I'm at that point, I think that you were two years ago where I'm kind of going, certainly with my show, I'm kind of going, I need to fucking do something else here. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I like, like your show. Have you even seen? Yeah, Sound yeah. Of all the <laughs> other comedians are talking shit about it all the time. Like, this fucking Malik I don't think Mullen. any comedians have They're seen like, my show. This Mullen character doesn't have a spine, but I'm like, <laughs> give him a chance. Have you seen Son of a Preacher Man? No, you haven't. No, I haven't. No. Um, but it's because uh, there's a middle twenty that I had to do. I've seen day. good bit. I've seen chunks of it though. I've seen you when you were working it out before Fringe last year. Oh, I've seen like yeah. good, I've seen like twenty minute chunks of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because uh, I did I did a new show of it in January and I wrote a complete new middle twenty and it was mm. quite heavy but funny but like trying to make jokes out of my suicidalness is mm. difficult. Not because I'm emotionally attached, but you're always afraid of somebody getting upset in the room. Yeah. You know. 
And uh, so it's always been smart about playing it because I'm not making fun of anyone else's issues. I'm literally doing it because that is what happened mm. and I'm turning it into something. But my attitude is I'm turning it into something positive. If someone know? gets upset, I think that's okay. Yeah. I think if someone gets not upset the point because of the show, you're doing... Though. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's just being an honest reaction. Yeah, If yeah. anybody gets upset at my show, they're upset that uh, I'm bad. <laughs> They're not yeah, going to be upset because upset. I've cut into an emotional truth yeah, yeah, or yeah. I've brought up an emotion that is incredibly relatable to their own existence yeah, and life yeah. and the difficulties of trying to maneuver uh, living. No, they're just like, this person's an idiot and I have to sit and watch them be an idiot. <laughs> and they don't have to sit and watch, but yeah. sometimes they leave. Yeah, <laughs> which is a different type of... But I definitely feel that like if once you... Like that, when I talk about the jealousy of you lads, which is a complete another compliment, mm. it's the freedom of like of going up and because you ultimately you know what you're going to try, but you don't mm. know what's going to happen, do you? No, and I don't like. I wouldn't like to know what was going to happen. Exactly. And I've talked to you before about writing, and you said I can't write. I can't sit down and do that. Well, you physically can't write. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a real weird jab in the in the middle of complimenting me. You're just jabbing my disability. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing ever. It'd be like going up to Ray. I'm not saying I'm like Ray Charles. Be like going to Ray Charles. <laughs> so beautiful the way you play the music. Can't see for shit, but you got like weird just. Punch at <laughs> punching down but, of someone, <laughs> but it, but that's what you and said. The whole start of the podcast, <laughs> you just open up, stop dipping and dodging, be honest, be honest. <laughs> just like accumulating information yeah. to destroy me. <laughs> no, but you did say, <laughs> Hello, Steve O, we've seen the evil inside. <laughs> but, Sorry, you but, were saying, something. but you did say that, like, for for example, writing prepared material, like, and I and I understand what, yeah. you, what you mean by this that you feel depressed by it, and I, under, I get that as well, like, yeah, sometimes I it, just it can be depressing. Writing stand up is yeah. I like I love a reason to write. So like if I'm doing like a roast or I have to write jokes for something specific, I love that game. Oh, I love like all right because I it's just fun. The rhythms of joke writing is fun. I like writing sketches. I like writing like others. I like writing. Mm. I really like that. I don't like sitting down to write. Just think about stand up and write. I just can't do it. Yeah, it's, my brain just doesn't work. That it just doesn't. It just go. It just doesn't work. It becomes yeah. It I, I I get what you mean, and I think I I would. That's what I was saying that I'm getting tired of what I knew because for me I kind of battled through that as an mm. acceptance of like okay that's what you have to do in order to get to the good point. Yeah. Well, you know my I mean? favorite thing I've ever seen you do was you went uh, you were doing our, myself and Michael and, uh, and I wasn't doing uh, you and Michael at all I, I've got oh come on buddy <laughs> and uh, and uh, and Stephen and uh, are you doing our show Riff Raff and um, you were sitting in the, standing in the back and you looked at me and you were like there's, there's a lot of women here <laughs> I was like oh yeah yeah there's a lot, a lot of girls in the audience and then you walked on stage, and for about three minutes, you were <laughs> like, "You just me and Mike actually really signals out like well, they've just brought a bunch of attractive young women to this gig. Don't talk to them. They're going to invite you guys for pints afterwards. Don't listen to them. They're just trying to sleep. Like That's just true. real." Yeah. I remember, I remember, because I remember that I was like, these, well, I was genuinely, wondering. I've never seen an audience flee a gig quicker afterwards. 
I've never seen a quicker exodus of just. I oh, think, I think I was last on. I do remember. Yeah. I think I do remember. Mike was standing at the back and he had his arms folded and he did the whole thing when he kind of dropped his head and kind of rubbed his forehead a little bit, <laughs> like he was rubbing his brow with sweat. And I was like, "Oh, this is great. I'm going to keep going now." <laughs> but I got to remember because I remember just walking into the room on that night, going, "There was a lot of attractive, specifically Americans in there that night, mm. and uh, loads of uh, tourists in there. Got the old trade in." And I was like, "Yeah, just so you guys know, these guys, these guys aren't." even comedians it's just this is their tinder okay this but yeah that was fun but yeah sometimes you have great like ideas like that and you bring to the stage and you talk about it Mm. and it works and then sometimes it fucking doesn't man it's like that's hard to take as well it's kind of funny when it doesn't yeah you you, you learn to like it a little bit yeah yeah Yeah. it's very self-indulgent very self-indulgent which i'm also going to like Listeners are going to be, have the pain in the ass with me, but like, I know I'm self indulgent, but I need to take a pee break again. Oh, John. yeah, okay? do, do, do. I'm going to pause. No, no, not do, do, pee, pee. Oh, but. And we are back on after our do, do jokes, and John is taking weird photos of me mm. to make a show of me and my holy show of me. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, comedy. Right, <laughs> comedy. Is this recording again? Yes, it is. Um, so yeah so you so you're going to go over and do 45 minutes how do yeah. you write your 45 minutes in the edinburgh, edinburgh fringe festival i'm so refreshed right now by the way it's just in the best thing oh, ever right after a week oh, i've got you? i'm about like 30 percent wee in my bladder all right and like i'm very jealous you're at zero. Oh right i don't need to wee do you want to go no no no, no i don't <laughs> need to wee okay. but like i would i just feel jealous still <laughs> Yeah, you know? it's a, it's I would a, love it, the complete emptiness. It's a nice, feeling. it's a nice feeling. Well, I've tr- I'm trying to look after my health better, which mm. but it just meant that I've been drinking a lot of water, mm. um, and it's just yeah. But it just means you go to the toilet a lot. But hey, it does. But it's good for you. Can, could you could, could you put this in a show? Do you reckon we wing no wing wing we like into in, like an Edinburgh show in, into into your act on some level? No, maybe not. This seems like the kind of thing where I'd be like want need to go to the bathroom for the whole just and constantly referencing it. Maybe that's it. Oh, <laughs> That would that make, would be a me thing to that do. Would it wouldn't the, get a great reaction. No, the, it would wreck the audience's head yeah, and like, yeah. I really need to toilet. Oh, go to toilet. Will you hurry up and go get on with the go. show? Yeah. That's <laughs> so. What are you bringing for your forty-five minutes? How how do you work that out, or do you work it out, or do you pick um, a certain amount of characters and say I'm going to do this? Or so this this year I got I wasn't going to do Edinburgh because uh, oh, I didn't. Because I, I, I was being. Uh, I didn't get any offer I liked. I got I got a couple of offer that I was like, oh, this just it seems like it's gonna be a real hard slog, and in terms, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna lose a lot of money. In terms of of, of an offer, that means because I this I'm going to do my first Edinburgh yeah. now, so that means to people who don't get the Edinburgh Fringe, like you apply be, to different you, companies, you, yeah, you apply to different companies and try, and they'll give you offers, they'll give you a room and a time or whatever. Uh, and if it's not the right room and the right time, it can really make yeah, it for a shit Edinburgh. Make for a really shit. Don't and make I was any just money. getting all shit Edinburghs. It was like your sh- Edinburgh's gonna be shit, and it's gonna be you're gonna lose lots of money. Right. And I've been doing lots, a bit of improv comedy lately. I saw I that last start, night. Yeah. Was, you, you've literally just started that in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You? Yeah. The last night was my first proper show. I've done uh. like a couple of jams and like open mic version, but that was my first like proper show last night, mm-hmm. and it was really exciting me. And there was like a summer course you could do in Chicago. So I was like, I was going to do that. I right. said, that'll be my, uh, that'll be my excursion. And that'll mm. be, because I didn't get an Edinburgh offer I wanted. And then I got an Edinburgh offer I wanted. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do, I just could do Edinburgh. Right. So then, so that was only like a couple of weeks ago. So I'm like a bit more of a scramble, a, sc- a scramble to put it together. Okay. Uh, but 
I've got, I've got it. I, I know what the show's about, and I know what the structure of it's going to be, and what I want it to be thematically. Oh, really? Because yeah, that's what you have to do with Edinburgh, which is a pain in the ass, really. But yeah. I like it. Do you? Yeah. Okay, I I'll take that back. I, so no, it is a pain in the ass, mm. but I like it. I like it. Gives you the, a playground. Within yeah, focuses your writing okay, okay. a little bit, and it's like I like I could straight away look at all my bits and go like, oh, here are the eight bits that fit this, and here are the seven bits that are now useless to me for this show, and how can I change these bits to make them more and change writing? I like working on the show that way. Okay, and I just like I like comedy when I like comedy when i can see what it's about or uh-huh. like i like when i can see what a movie's i like you want to you want to yeah. know there's a point to it yeah i think in general is that well, well I, the, if you come to my show you're not gonna you'll you'll probably think it's just stupid nonsense uh and that's the well, that's what i hope most people get point. out of it <laughs> and that's the point of it isn't it yeah but yeah. then you just i think it's not people, that easy to do because i had an idea a couple of ideas yeah. To do, I did in the Five Lambs Arts Festival, just called the show yeah. ridiculous and just yeah. went and did, tried random shit, random yeah. ideas. And I just fucking jumped back onto the jokes fairly lively after about five, ten minutes. <laughs> because uh, it's not that easy though, to do. But you're writing stuff that you're going on about for a, it's, it's, it's a year probably between two shows. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's been, it's been like, I did Australia this year, so it's like, can be like seven months or something like that. And the show's mostly different from that. And so it's what you've been thinking about or what's been bothering you. Right. You're just generating material about your thing. So then you can kind of just see then, oh, there's a connection or there's a Well, pattern. the show writes itself. Then, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, all right, once you see what the pattern is of the material you've already made. And in terms of what you come up with, like how, how do you express what is bothering you through the fact, through the way that you do comedy via improvisation, characters, crowd work. How does that how how do you get your um, satisfaction out of what it is that you're trying to say through that? I usually will come up with an idea that's really stupid and random and just nonsense. My friend Don- Donica who I've mentioned a lot here. I hope you're listening to this Donica. I've given you lots of shout outs. Great you, bar- comedian lives in Barcelona. Uh he would say about my stand up his like go to line is uh there's it. There's no. If you were to describe it to me, there's no way it would be funny. Yeah. Like the script, like that shouldn't be work. Mm. And then you see, like, oh, it did actually work. Yeah. Uh so I've lost train of thought. What I was talking about. But, but, but the, oh, so I just come. I just like that seems like a funny thing to do. That's all right. I think. Like that seems like a funny thing to do. Why? So and then why? I do it a couple of times, and then it clicks. Oh. That's what was bothering me, and that's what it was okay. about. Okay, that's, oh, that's yeah, yeah. That's, and then I realized that it's a quick. About so you follow quickly. the funny, and that might get to the root of why what what's annoying. Yeah, you if you and then the I'm like, oh, then I can find out what's. Yeah, it's usually like, oh, that weird thing was expressing some kind of uh, upsetness that I was feeling. I I wrote that actually recently um, to myself to remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, do you know what you write, sometimes you have to write something down so that you'll remember it? And oh, I did yeah. write it recently to kind of to follow the funny as opposed to sometimes you get caught up in what it is that you want to talk about mm. and you don't talk about... If you start with the funny, the underlying thing uh, starts to... starts Literally mm. what you've just said there, it starts to come out and you start to be able to build on it. You like, articulated like my it way better though. I mumbled and stumbled. You just had followed the funny. It was succinct. It was beautiful. Well, it's because I thought about it before. But <laughs> oh, it's, uh, but but I think I think you've got to. I think well, I don't. You don't have to do anything. I'm I'm talking theoretically. One has to. Mm. Um, if you're if if one is following the funny, and I think as Eleanor Tiernan has also used that term. If you follow the funny, 
naturally what it is that you care about and stuff mm. is going to you got to trust that that's there as well yeah that that's there underneath that that's the foundation of the the thing like for example i do the, the thing about the seagulls that's developed mm. over i had one joke about a seagull that i did mm. for age and then all of a sudden there was an idea of like what if i could bring a duck into the situation <laughs> and all of a sudden people are laughing but then it's actually said something as well but mm. I, I definitely didn't plan that you know mm. um so what what kind of stuff have you found that you've created that then bothers you? You've you've realized what it is that's bothered you afterwards. Like, is there something in the um, in the hmm. in the Captain Valentine character that you realized? Yeah. So is there something that what was that that bothers you? Um, uh, it's it's about uh. I have a very low self-esteem with like relationships and stuff. Oh God, I hate. Oh, oh. no, no. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got a very low self-esteem with. Uh, I've never really had a serious relationship or been in love or anything like that. Mm. I really want it, right? So you want it, and so the Captain Valentine thing. Lots of his questions are kind of prodding people's choices. Ah. and the things they've done and saying well you're not going to get a girl like single people you're not going to get a girlfriend like that and prodding like not I'm not going mean mean to a fat guy being like you're fat no it's about like what they're wearing or their jobs or this it's very like and then uh this realization with most people is that oh everybody that's That's fucking brilliant I just realized well I've because I've just realized from from that specific night of acting out with that guy with the stripy jumper and all that yeah so you're asking questions yeah. that you're struggling with about yourself yeah this character is pointing it out at people yeah. and going you're single you're like no wonder you're wearing a stripy jumper or whatever so pretentious right now i absolutely i mean if you were to if you were to <laughs> yeah. sit down and think oh. that through like i've definitely uncovered yeah. something there but like yeah. if you were to be the one i didn't like, start when this i started what out, i do with my yeah. art you would yeah, be a dick i started out just thinking it'd be funny to go up as a sea captain and <laughs> be silly and ask me about relationship but yeah. then i found out quickly like enough that yeah that's what it's i'm interviewing myself usually on stage wow fucking hell that's yeah. brilliant that's really yeah. well if you watch it you don't like you're not, gonna get, reaction, you're not gonna get it yeah yeah you're not gonna get that from it you're gonna no. get funny though you're yeah. gonna laugh it is yeah. funny but and that's silly the that's ridiculous for me maybe. yes i don't know yeah Maybe that's what stand-up comedy is about, working out your catharsis within it. I think so. I think that's when it's good. That's a big breakthrough for me there. <laughs> it's good. I think if, 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 I don't think a comedian's being honest. It's the least funny thing in the world. Comedians you being don't honest. have to be telling the truth. Yeah, of course so not, like, yeah. I think people make that, feel that like up they're all the working time. out or they're being true to themselves or I feel, I've seen, I'm getting a flavor of that person, I think it's really funny. And that can just be like a one-liner or observational comedy or a musical comedian or a weird clown idiot or a philosophical Dave Chappelle and whatever. Yeah. If I feel like you're being honest to yourself, it's really funny. Mm. And then I hate it. I think it's miserable when I just think somebody's going up there and just saying things they think people will find funny. Yeah, it's not funny. And then <laughs> that's why I hated my old stand-up because that's what I was doing for ages. Right, you were trying to be... I was just trying to say things that I think they would find funny. Which is a very... But I didn't find funny. Very starting. Like, I still feel... I, I find I still do that myself sometimes. Mm. I think it's a very starting off kind yeah, of Yeah, it's not like learn. you're a bad person for doing no, it. Or you're not... No. It's just, it's just uh, how I feel when I'm watching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, you're not a bad person. Stop it. <laughs> and so you... So, and how do you... 
we'll have to wrap it up now mm. soon unfortunately it's been a pleasure John mm. oh yeah that's what I want to get back to you're talking about the relationship thing <laughs> That's that was just another ploy girls just so you know for, for you tricks. to kind of reach out onto his These Instagram going, I'm sure you're, you're lovely John let's go on a date because you do date John yeah a lot <laughs> no, it's accusatory. A no, no, it, it's it's not quiet on We're that front. Trying, trying to find what you've got, Steve. What do you mean? A lovely you not... partner and a lovely child. Oh, you're trying to find what I got. Yeah, yeah. but man, if do you want the honesty of that, like, oh. it's like I we were literally going out seven months, and it's like fucking. Yeah. Oh shit! Here's a baby. There's panic. There's are we going to be together? Yeah. There's people leaving countries and not knowing if they're going to come back. There's what country is the child yeah. going to be born in? Who has the legal rights and blah blah and all that kind of stuff. There, this is the de- the 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 sad truth of me there's so times I've imagined like oh be, if I could just accidentally get a girl pregnant <laughs> I just accidentally and just have like and then I've got a kid it doesn't matter if she likes me or I like her and we probably won't even stay together but I just have a kid then I definitely fantasized when I was younger about ha- being a father and not having <laughs> not having a partner yeah I think oh, that's, yeah, I think yeah, that's quite common that as fantasy, a man yeah. I think that's quite common and yeah. I had a few friends when I was growing up who were like years older than I am and they have kids with somebody and they marry somebody else yeah it's an interesting tactic but um, they, they're happy mm. <laughs> um, but so it's a diff- different strokes I suppose in different cultures they do different things as well yeah um, but yeah so you so you would love to, but would you love to be love to have a family or, or do you think you'd like to just have the kid is that is... no I'd like I'd ideally you'd like to have like the the person I love and then the kids and, that, and yeah, all yeah. of it yeah yeah and in, and would you like to? Because I I definitely got to a point in my life. Because I'm a bit. How old are you now? Twenty seven. Yeah, you're still a fuck off. Too young for I this. Another, well, yeah, especially in, from the female perspective, they don't want to be you know putting the pressure at, at that age mm. you know either. But when I, by the time I hit thirty, I mm. was just like, oh fuck this, I'm done with. I genuinely do want somebody. And very yeah. luckily, this was on a trip in Argentina. Mm. Very luckily, came back. And met Enid, and it all worked mm. out after she had rejected me a year previous. But anyway, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, and I actually met her and started stand up in the same month. Wow. Uh, yeah, and and here we are. So it's um, you do kind of have to put it out there that that is what you want, and then but also kind of go. It's, you can't um, you can't plan it as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm not being. I'm not showing up like Ted Mosby from How I Met Your Mother weird sappy like no you're not oh, you're not like that at all no. I'm still but it is, but sorry, fun and chatting to people and sorry the point I was trying oh, to make sorry. at the time was but I just, I just didn't make the point was when I was in Argentina I had a real strong feeling of I do not want to do this on my own again do you know what I mean yeah. I would like to share this with somebody I would mm. like to be going through life with somebody which is a, I suppose yeah. you get to a point in life that you do or you do apparently people don't but like I, I I remember concretely going on myself yeah I'm not doing this on my own anymore fuck this Yeah, you know which is and it is a nice it, it is a, a great thing to be able to have for sure man have you met Inez you did I did yeah she's yeah, lovely last week yeah she is she's when delight. you see her yeah I'm gonna steal her <laughs> gonna no she's steal she, her. she's nice I'm out in public her. yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> no but she's a like she and then the beautiful thing about somebody like her is like our upbringings are very very different and she's yeah. from extremely strong family orientated home mm. and I'm fucking useless and all of that so family orientated I counted the other day I've lived in 20 different houses in the last uh, was it tw- yeah was it 20 years yeah last 20 years mm. that's interesting you want to be around I want, someone who's vastly you, different like. you want to have a home yeah? yeah well I want to have a home oh yeah essentially like that's my home my family oh, is my home oh yeah, yeah, yeah I get you now 
so you want to have some to share with yeah. somebody. You want to have some kind of center yeah. in yourself. To I'm going to be homeless in six days. So this is all good. <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to be girlfriendless, uh, homeless. Do you have a girlfriend now? No. All right. So no. you're, not, you're not dumping her on the house. No, that'd no, be too no, much. No, no, no. no. I, every oh, time I start a relationship, this. there's a lease involved. <laughs> and I and let them know usually, look, I'm going to be doing some, re- unless you're going to do some refurbishments. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be uh, ending this lease. So you're off to Chicago next? Yes. In six days? Uh, no, I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. I'm going for a couple of days with some comedians to go on a little hiking trip. Oh, and that's then, cool. Uh, Where I'm is like, hiking? And then uh, <laughs> so he said something off like there. You can update me afterwards. <laughs> um, very um, good. And then uh, I'm flying out to America on the fourth of July by accident. Wow. I wonder if it's a cheap flights or something on that. Yeah, it was just. I was like, oh, that's a cheap day. That's good. And yeah. then just realized, oh no. All right. So I'm gonna have to come up with some crazy bit to do on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to Edinburgh, and then I'm coming. So back. you're a month in Chicago working on your improvisation. Yeah, and then I'll do some previews of the show over there and Uh stand up and uh, keep in busy and then Edinburgh and that'll be two months of distracting myself with career stuff and then uh, September uh, all the loneliness will rear its head around and be um, like ah we've put you off for two months <laughs> I'm like how's it going pal how's it going let's uh, drink let's beer and show. watch Blue Valentine in the middle of the oh, night oh no I got I hooked that on that as well ago, yeah. oh gosh that's such a fucking heavy one yeah, yeah that's not yeah, yeah. I, I 27 year old that's a very 27 year old thing to do yeah, yeah. oh Oh, all right. That's this heartbreaking, is, that yeah, fucking one. This is, this will be a little topper for, to, to sum up how it's all been lately. Or, John, or mm. you meet the love of your life in Chicago and she wants to move to Ireland. And That's also true. Do you know what I mean? So, That's like, also true. One day at a time. You know what That's I mean? one day at a time. You know, you end, you know, you'll, maybe you won't hold the pen, mm. but you'll get a laptop. Oh, <laughs> that's good. I <laughs> was, uh, just, uh, just this kind of sums up, up everything. Thing. Just uh, this, I think this is a good kind of a sum, a summing up of. Well, thank you. Of I what's going for the day. On. Thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, I went to uh, go see a Toy Story four by myself the other day. Right. I was going in like I just want a girlfriend so I can go to see Toy Story four and not be embarrassed. Man, I saw Toy Story three. I'm not going to see mm. that because Toy Story three broke my heart. So I'm like, is this yeah, worse? Worse. Ah, stop. Worse. You can't uh, go in, and the movie is. Uh, it's my favorite type. The movie's about love. Right. But it's about, mostly about one-sided love or unrequited love or the pain that love brings. It's not about the, some of it's about the joy of love. Most mm. of it's about the pain of love. And, As is Blue Valentine. Yeah. And there's a common theme here. <laughs> and then I uh, start uh, crying. In, in the, the movie, cinema. In the cinema. Right. But do you know when, like, when you cry in the movie and you have like the little tear yeah. and you're and the, the, the breathing and yeah. it's all very soulful and emotional? Yeah. I wasn't doing that crying. Or, I was doing the snot, <laughs> eyes, <gasps> horror crying. Yeah. Like there's children everywhere. I'm right. bawling my eyes out. Wow. Um, and then uh, the, the movie ended and the lights came on and I'm still <laughs> and then uh, not sitting beside me but the next seat is uh, a girl I had had a one night stand with no. 
on a date. Oh my god! And she and she her you. guy, they're just staring at me. They're not even pretending or looking at the corner. They're just staring at oh me. Oh my god! And I'm just like crying and composing myself. And uh, they were both Brazilian, and so they had a very cool Brazilian energy to them as well. Like you, what, you, your, you your emotion. Tanned. Fuck off! And uh, yeah, it was a horrible moment, oh uh, but very fun to then tell anything? everybody afterwards. What did she say? Anything? Uh, uh, not with her mouth or words but a lot with her eyes <laughs> wow holy shit yeah well i think to be honest with you john right i'll be honest with you i would agree that that's kind of what love is like and people don't but people don't advertise that enough you know what i mean but mm-hmm. you do get that's that is part of it there's the good stuff as well but you know i think people aren't honest enough about that yeah there's plenty of fucking blood sweat and tears go into it and i said i i i have this thing at the moment like it's a fucking decision at the end of the day as well mm. like you decide to commit to something and you put the fucking work into it when it does come along and it's mm. not going to be all pretty like, man it's not been fucking easy but uh you do get a little bit of joy and like as a fuck have to beep that out my daughter <laughs> <laughs> my daughter um is uh you know is like this amazing thing that mm. like couldn't have planned for any of that kind of stuff so what i'm saying to johnny mm. is there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel okay. and you've got exciting times ahead let me tell you it's, buddy imagine if 10 years from like tw- 10 20 years from now and there is no light at the end of the tunnel and i listen to this <laughs> back i'm gonna fucking come for you you're gonna be at bleeps graduation no you're gonna be at bleeps wedding bleeps you're gonna be seeing yeah. her off to her beautiful partner <laughs> uh it's gonna be emotional and then there's just gonna be old grumpy uncle a splan in the corner being like you promised Stephen." yes uh, yes put the know. drink down john ladies and gentlemen john spillan oh come 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.